Hey, it's Thanksgiving week in podcast listeners. I'm thankful for you. I'm serious. Uh, You're probably listening because there's some special connection, either with real life or to me or to Jonathan. We're just thankful for you. Um, We feel like we kind of sit down and have a cup of coffee every time we jump on this podcast. And we know you're coming and going and and all of those things. But I just want to tell you today, I'm thankful for you. I pray you have an enriching Thanksgiving uh, holiday. And uh, church, we love you. Real life, we love you. Enjoy the podcast. This is a podcast from Real Life Sango in Clarksville, Tennessee. Thank you for being a part of our online community. We would love for you to join us at 8.30 or 10 a.m. on Sunday morning at the City Forum. In the meantime, if you would like to share a prayer request, make a financial contribution, or take a step at Real Life, you can text MISSION to 97000. Now enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was organic. So why did you whisper it? Because um, I just wanted to do something different. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fred, how are you this morning? Well, you just told me Christmas is four weeks away. Four and a half. Well, four-ish. Yeah. I always kind of accelerate time so sometimes. I thought I'd whisper. <laughs> I thought I'd whisper because it felt appropriate. See, if you can't hear that, that's Freddie's whispering because I, I, I don't, I don't know that. exactly what the whisper's about. Mm, good morning. Good morning. We're here um, in the lounge a little later this morning. Um, I'm a little more awake this morning. You are? Yeah. Yeah. All it right. Feels good. You just had to sip on your espresso. I just had my coffee for the day. <laughs> I don't usually have that before the podcast. How you right. doing, man? Good. Good. It was uh, last week. If you remember where we left off, we got Thanksgiving in two days. He's been working on that one for a while. Uh, <laughs> two days away, Fred. What are y'all doing? Are you cooking? Are you hosting? Uh, are you going? Well, so we'll go to Susan's family on Thanksgiving Day. Okay. Over to her grandmother's. Her grandmother cooks a lot. And then her mom and probably everybody pitches in maybe just a little. Yeah. But her grandmother really goes all in and loves to do it. And uh, she's an amazing lady. Um, this is great. It's Susan's grandmother. Yep. Her mom's mom, Got Beth it. Murphy. Yep. Man, Beth Murphy. Yep. Legendary. And uh, and then on Sunday, we go to my mom's, and my mom's two local sisters and their kids will come over. We'll crowd into mom and dad's little condo and and uh, have a good time. But um, I'm really looking forward to Friday night. Excuse me. Growing up, I thought we talked about this last week. We, I cut you off. Oh, my goodness. Even Max said. I'm having all Dad, these. you cut off Fred. I was no. like, I know, because I wanted to save it to the next I week, which is Max. now here we are. <laughs> well, growing up. Some of my most vivid and wonderful childhood memories are my mom's sisters. She had three of them local at the time. And their kids, my cousins, would come over to our house and spend the night. And it was like my childhood house was probably much bigger than we needed and should have had. And over the years, uh, we just downsized and downsized, you know. Is that the one that was at the bottom of the, the hill in that cul-de-sac? 523 Wingate like Drive. Like left in that cul-de-sac? Yeah, yeah, yeah. funky shape. Yeah, remember. Yep. It wasn't really in a cul-de-sac. It came to a T down there. Okay. But okay. Um, yeah. It, but anyways, yeah. So um, it was it was the best. It, it was the best. I mean, it, it was such a great experience as a child. And um, so I don't know when Susan said this might be her third year, but like we reinstituted that, but with my sisters and their kids. Oh, okay. 
And so on Friday, my sisters and their kids will come and spend the night at my house. And then my mom and dad will come over for the evening and then go back home because they're not invited to stay the night. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that was, is that one of your favorite fondest Thanksgiving memories? Yeah. I mean, what I just described to you is, I mean, like might be. My like in my top three childhood memories of all is my family spending the night over Thanksgiving. Wow! That's so great. it just makes I mean it just makes the Thanksgiving. What, what, what was so. so special about it? What makes it so epic? Well, you know, as a kid, you're ignorant to the. You know, sometimes you're ignorant to the harshness of life. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, some kids grow up in environments where they're faced with it. Yeah. And they're not protected from it. Uh-huh. But I think in large measure, I was protected from from it. And so, you know, I don't know what the adult conversations were, you know, but I, I like, it was, everybody seemed up for it. Like, everybody seemed so happy to be there. My cousins, we just had a hoot. I mean, we just had a hoot. Um, but, it, but it's, it, but it, like, I think one of the significant parts was it was my home. So I wasn't at someone. And, and then everybody was like staying in different bedrooms. And so like all the kids slept in like, I think we slept in sleeping bags together somewhere. And like all the adults took our bedrooms. And I, I don't even remember all those details. It was just so good. It, just the togetherness, man. Now just, you're trying to create a new memory for your kids. Yeah. And so far so good. Like we're having fun with it. And yeah. it's. Remember what eyes you're looking through. You just said it. You you can't look at it through your eyes. You got to look through your kids' eyes. Isn't it yeah, funny? yeah, yeah. Well, my my nephew, my nephew asked the other day, like, are we gonna are we gonna, are we, we gonna do it, do it again? We do you know? it. Yeah. And uh, and I said, yeah, get ready to get beaten some games. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's so the, great. The trash talking has begun. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, what, are you, what are you doing? Oh, I was going to tell you what am I? So yeah, my, what am I? My I had two grandmothers growing up. They both were living. Uh, both grandfathers were pretty much deceased when I grew up. Uh, one was in Dover. We always enjoyed going to Dover. Uh, she was old. That was dad's mom. Okay. Ma- Mamadi, we called her. Mamadi? Mamadi. Her name was Adi. So Mamadi? But we called her Mamadi because it was hard. Mamadi. It's hard to say Mamadi. Uh, but that was me, Mama. That was, she was actually, Mama. <laughs> was a big, uh, she was first Baptist, big artist. She just oh, yeah. loved, wow. loved church and taught a women's class. But wow. we would go up to her, which is about six houses up the road from where I grew up. And, uh, of course, she was, she was uh, a widow. And, but she would try to do Thanksgiving all by herself. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And she was kind of running into early dementia at the oh, time. Yeah. And I was probably high school-ish, middle school, high school. And I would go, because I was so bored at the house, I would go up to her house, walk up to the walk up to her house, and get her help her set up. And oh, fun, That's man. how I learned how to set up a table. With, yeah. You know, forks and knives and napkins. You got it honest. Oh, it That's was so, so fun. cool. Oh, it was so fun. I, I remember that. It was just me and her. And uh, Would we, Wally or James go up there and do it? Or did James you? was probably still asleep. Wally was probably half groggy still asleep yeah. and uh mom was probably still asleep dad was probably pacing the floor looking for something to do but <laughs> no it was it's really to this day i tell uh when we we keep our china set out um at the house because no one likes that stuff and uh, and i do too and um and i they asked me all the time daddy where's the where's the fork go where's the knife go where's well let me explain this is what my me mama told me so anyway yeah it was a really really fun memories and so we got to play with do? the cousins 
In what? We, we played with the cousins on, yeah, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was our fun time. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to Wally's. That's my, my brother, older brother. Um, he lives in my grandmother's house that I just spoke about. He bought it. Yeah, so I'll be going back to where I, I used to have all those I knew good that. Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Where? where? That's the top of Hampshire. No, I didn't know that. How long they've been in that house? Oh, four years. I think I knew years, that and had forgotten. Five that. years. Yeah. yeah, I think I like. I haven't been to his. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to that house, knowing that that's where he was. Yeah, they changed it up a little bit, but yeah, that was the house that I have such fond memories Look of Thanksgiving. That. With and you'll go there for Thanksgiving. We did started two years ago. I hosted for years while he started a couple years ago. After so, what will you cook, JV? I will do the bird this year. Oh, That's, you will! I'm doing meat and meat and gravy. That's oh, all I'm doing. Look at that. While he's doing everything else, okay. And we're, I hope it's ready in time. I'm. Are you going to pull the skin back and stuff? Up? No, it's so. This is. Did the, I ever tell you about the chef in our in our church in New York City that we paid to prepare a bird? He would put the butter on her. It was her. She she pulled the skin back and oh my goodness, it was really? so good. Yeah, it was so good. Well, it's so funny. I was telling Katie Licky. Katie Licky. Maybe she's listening. You just give her a shout out. I doubt she's uh, here's a shout out, Cliff Fields. So Cliff Fields, he hosted our, he and Polly hosted our Shabbat series this summer, but he's a huge big green egg smoker okay. cooker. I mean, okay. just really phenomenal. Yeah. And so I, I saw him at church week before last, and I was like, dude, I never use the egg, but one time a year, and it's Thanksgiving for oh, the turkey. I love smoked turkey. And I, it's like I have to cook this turkey like from scratch every year because like, how big do I get it? Yeah. How long do I smoke it? Yeah. Do I brine it? I can't. It's like it's like the first relearning time it all over. It's like yeah. every year. It's like just write this stuff down, Jonathan. Yeah. So yeah, I'm doing the bird. I'm a little stressed about it. I have to get up early, get that thing out by noon, and who knows? Yeah. It, it could was, be a disaster. I was with some friends last night, and Thanksgiving is a mixed bag for them. You know, just in terms of like all the family dynamics. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm mindful of that. You know, this time of year that some of our listeners Thanksgiving is sad. You know, yep. this will. Uh, You'll be without, this will be first Thanksgiving yep. without, without family dad. members. So yeah, dad's gone. what will that be like for you guys? Oh, it'll be different. I'm sure yeah. he did that. He did the meat every year for really? all the way up until about five years ago. Okay. Okay. And I took over the meat, but, uh, he always, you know, he was always there early before mom could get there. Yeah. It's going to be different. I'm sure it'll be a little emotional, but, sure. uh, but it'll be good. It'll be fun. We're be really, together. really looking forward to it. Yeah, we good. love, we love some Thanksgiving. Yeah. Man. And we're doing a Friendsgiving with our neighbors this Are year. Are you really? Look yeah. We've really guys. never done that. So we're going to do it on, uh, uh, Thursday night. This makes me so happy. You know, I, I say from time to time, our dream in planting real life was that we would plant it with such margin and such intentionality that the people in our church wouldn't know their neighbors' fears, hopes, and dreams. Uh-huh. So it just, just fires me up to hear you doing a Friendsgiving oh, yeah. with your neighbors. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I won't mention their names, but uh, yeah, they're, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're yeah, looking forward to it. That's good, man. Well, Podcast listener, it takes some time if it's not just too atrocious to think about. Take some time, sit down with somebody this week and talk about your best Thanksgiving memory. Mm-hmm. It'll be worth it. Well, Sometimes homework. legacy brings on a new paradigm, a new perspective on your current situation. Yeah, I man. think at least That's good. What else is going on? It was a beautiful experience. On Sunday night, on oh, land. so glad you guys came out. So you know me, I'm kind of a homebody, and mm-hmm. when it gets past getting dark time, I get a little nervous about things. Shake so, it off, old man. So I was like, oh, I don't know if I really want to go, but I need to go. I need. Rachel, I want to. Rachel still drives after dark. <laughs> so you know, Max is and Max is very homebodyish too. He's like, Dad, do we have to go? I was like, Yeah, we got to go. Uh, and so we get in the car, we get there, and it is cold. Yeah. Love Alex Morris's idea with little mini bonfires. Yeah, uh, but it's just. At the end of it, we didn't stay after 
we didn't stay for the bonfire, but we left. But at the end of it, all the kids said, the kids said, Dad, that was so great. Yeah. Not that we didn't think that. But yeah. the kids the alone the just said, this was it. such yeah. a great experience. Yeah. Oh, Do you get to it, stop man. and pray yeah. with other people and listen to the people pray in the groups? Yes. You kind of know them, but you don't kind of know them. And then yes. they're just sitting there, opening their hearts up to God. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. It was so not just thankful, fun. I should say fun. That's that's diminutive. It was a great experience. What does diminutive mean? It means putting it down a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't fun. Quite unquote fun. No, I understand. It was enriching. Wasn't it was. It, it was yeah, inspiring it was, and enriching. Yes. It, was a, it, was a, it was a great. It was yes, a great experience. Yes, yes. What was your impressions of it? You were the first uh, first one off the block. Well, I bundled up pretty warm. Yeah, and I was by the fire, so I actually didn't get cold. My my feet, like at one little point in time. Now being and Sam were down in the oh, gully, yeah, it was cold. and I think it was colder down. Not there. as cold as DJ Daniel Cox. I said walked out. <laughs> he was second station. I said. Brother, you and Alex picked the shady they spot. They were in the shade. I, I don't yeah. know that I would have picked that. Well, there are a couple of things I loved. You know, the the bonfires felt like the secret sauce to me, just in it terms was. of experientially. Because as the sun went down, you could look around and you saw these different little stations, and it, you know, it just felt super earthy and spiritual altogether. Yeah. And, um, but one of my favorite things was Matt Pisano's community group uh, gave leadership to it um and it was just like the perfect picture of our value equip and empower um i asked all of our staff team yesterday in staff meeting was sunday stressful for you it's like no 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 well it was long but no you know and um and and that was that's beautiful like when we equip and empower the people of god are activated for service to the family of god and you know, you don't have a team that's driving themselves into the ground trying to do all the work, right? The, the scripture says that, that God gave the church, you know, pastors, apostles, prophets, mm-hmm. teachers, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that's where we get our value, equip and empower. And their community group, they did it all. They set up the fires, set up the bonfire, they set up the s'mores, they set up the welcome, they guided the prayer groups. So huge props to their community group being willing to take it on. But not only did they, not only were they willing, they were exceptional in their in their organization and execution of it. But then it was just this beautiful living out of the value. Can, can I piggyback on that yeah, real man. quick? So we've talked about this over and over. You had a, I guess you did the huddle thing in both services at the at the offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The huddle, yeah, yeah the huddle. So sometimes people that have had bad experiences in church. When money's brought up, it's like, ah, here we go. They want money. So I want to, I want to under, underscore what you just said. So Matt Paisano's community group, yeah, Matt and Grace, yep, yep. So they probably do give money, but what they did is not only did they give their time, yeah. their group, but they gave their commitment and energy um, to make an experience on the land very, very fruitful. So when we say give your money, yeah, you need to give your money. You need to commit to what God is doing at real life. And sometimes that's going to look like money. So the, the offering moment left an impression on you Sunday. If you if you weren't there Sunday, what Jonathan's referring to is at the offering moment, um, I did like a little illustration, and everybody huddled up um, and kind of put their hands in like a, like a T-ball team does, you know, or like any team does at the end, beginning of a game, end of a game. Mm-hmm. And I, but, but I had this one guy stand on the outside of the circle, and... 
you know, it's like the proverbial knucklehead on the T-ball team that won't put his hand in the, you know, if you've ever coached a, you know, any kind of team of young children, you know, there's always that one that won't come in. But I use it as an example of like, um, we, what I noted in the, in our offering moment is that um, for year to date and in the month of October, we were significantly ahead of budget. So it's just celebrating God's faithfulness, but also illustrating um, there's still some that don't have their hand in the huddle. Still some that, that haven't yet taken that step. Um, and so you're, you, I'm hearing you use that, get your hand in the huddle illustration of like. Globally. Yeah, yeah. like. All the way giving in. Giving and time and talent right. and all of that. Yeah, that's good. Excitement, initiative, yeah. uh, all that stuff. So, yeah, so it, it was just really good. So Matt Pisano, team, whoever did it all, <laughs> it was a great experience. Uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Mason and, Heggie was He's always involved in the land, so they looped him in. And that was a big bonfire. I don't know who did that, but that yeah. was that's a little scary bonfire. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it right before it was lit. I was like, "That's a lot of wood." <laughs> they did great with it. That's a lot of wood. All right, Fred. JB, uh, what else do you have on your mind this morning? Well, we won't talk about this long, but doggone it, Brown University, Ivy League school. They just announced yesterday that they have a lay they they have a woman that is on. Just got um, on their baseball team. And, uh, you know, and of course, it's like all the buzz and the news. And it's like first ever female in history to be on an active NCAA Division One baseball roster. And I haven't, you know, I haven't read the article to see do they not have a softball team. But I just think it's ridiculous. I just think it's ridiculous. Like, let her play softball. Like, we don't want guys going over and playing on the softball team, you know. Like, why have the gal, you know. Anyways, that's all I got to say about that. Hurt you. Good. <laughs> uh, uh, what else, uh, Brain Dump? Oh, well, Eric Malloy is yeah. a church planter at Real Life. So, Eric and Sarah moved from Boston earlier this year. We synced up with them. Became fast friends, and more than that, became ministry partners. We A lot of like-mindedness and at real life, we want to be a multiplying movement. So I told him, I said, hey, let's, you become a part of real life, lead a community group, and we'll send you out as a church planter. And so this past Sunday, uh, Rick Stevens, the uh, um, associational missionary here in the Cumberland Baptist Association that we partner with, um, Rick connected us to two churches out on the north side of town that were dying. And we investigated, and one one of the churches was a train wreck. There was no option for partnership really there. But the other one, man, it was just like smooth, straight pathway to partner. And they just really wanted Eric to replant their church, like to kind of take over. They knew we'd be sending a team. They knew we'd be sending some resources, and they were, you know, they were like, "Yes, please, we need we need a fresh start here." Um, so he presented to the church on Sunday, and. Um, it seems like they're all in. So Eric will be taking his community group, a lot of the people in his community group at Real Life, and they'll be serving like as his launch team. <clears throat> they plan over the next many months um, to begin to kind of shut things down officially there at the church, and then August-ish to relaunch it as Real Life Fort Campbell. It'll be an autonomous church, so it won't be a campus of Real Life Sango. It'll be its own autonomous church, but they're sharing, you know, name, branding, DNA, brotherhood, partnership, 
will be their mother church, their sending church. So we'll be excited to, you know, we'll have opportunities as Real Life Sango to go out there. We just prayer walked on our land. We'll have opportunities to prayer walk in that neighborhood to pave the way for Real Life Fort Campbell to be launched. And um, yeah, I'm so fired up. You know, it's like, this is one of those things, man, where it's like, it. there's such an interesting dynamic with vision. When you articulate vision, it's in faith when you articulate what you're committed to, but you don't have all the resources in place. Um, you're just trusting trusting the Lord and ready to see how he moves in that. And so, man, we had no idea that a well-experienced church planter was going to move to Clarksville and want to partner with us in this way. Um, but just seeing some of the people in this community group already activated, oh, man, I'm so fired up just to, to see it all unfold. So more details coming soon. This Sunday, this Sunday, we will share the details of our Christmas offering. We always have a Christmas offering. Um, and one of the components of the Christmas offering, you're hearing it here first, um, will, of course, be our building. So the larger portion of the Christmas offering will go to the future building. Um, any penny over us hitting our goal will go to the building. Another portion of the Christmas offering will go to our local school outreach um, Sango Elementary, Carmel Elementary, East Montgomery Elementary, and Minglewood Elementary. We really serve those teachers and the faculty there and then needs that rise up in the families. So a portion of our Christmas offering will go to that ministry. And then um, and then kind of the middle portion will go to Eric and Sarah to help launch Real Life Fort Campbell. So excited about it. It's very exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, yeah, so yeah, Eric's been uh, praying through this. He's in our community group on Friday Yes, morning. he's in the we, community group that you lead in this room. In this room, and we've been praying with him, so I'm glad things are moving in the right direction. We'll see how God continues to move the people there in that church and also Eric and his his folks uh, to help launch that next year. The Lord has put one man's name on my heart to be a part of this. Okay. In our whole congregation, he's like impressed one person on my heart. And I called that man this week, and I, I'm not going to list. I'm not going to share his name now, but I'll tell it. I'll tell more later. And and he just began to weep on the phone. So it's like the most amazing confirmation, you know, of God preparing the way. You know, this man was just weeping on the other end of the phone, saying. And so he went Sunday to hear Eric present, and he said it just wrecked him. Great. That's a good <laughs> so we'll get those guys on the podcast sometime soon. Let them tell that story and look forward to it. Yeah. All right, Fred. Uh, what for, else, man? That's all I got, man. Uh, first segment, folks. It's almost coming to an end. If you like second segment, we're going to roll into it real quick, I think. Um, really enjoyed your sermon on Sunday. We talked about that very briefly before you before we started, but I really look forward to jumping in in the in the small end of the pool, maybe not the deep one, and we'll You're talk so about a little funny. bit of peace. I see that that landed. I see little, that that little piece that landed on you. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're coming back in just a minute. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday in real life. We believe God has put you in the neighborhood and in the job and at the ballpark or at the gym, right where he wants you to influence and invite others into his story, into a relationship with him. So here's today's challenge. Text a friend right now. Stop what you're doing. Send them a message and invite them to join you at real life this Sunday. Who knows? Maybe it'll be their first step into a relationship with God. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at Real Life. So text that friend today. Da-da-da, da-da-da. 
we're, we're already back. back. Man, that 10 seconds. It feels like it's three. All right, so can I throw off? So, you know, it's my goal in life to confuse uh, things. So last week, I, I, I kind of blurted out, and I wasn't prepared. But listening to your sermon. On the podcast? Uh-huh. Listen to your sermon on Sunday. You are accepted here, JB. Ephesians 2. Even when you're not prepared. Even when you're talking about peace. Uh, mm-hmm. there were You had five points, I believe five points, maybe four. Uh, and we can go through all of those. All of them were very, very worthy of talking about this morning. But last week, if you heard me kind of stumble over my words, I talked about the four basic elements of what, especially Greek philosophers, believed that the whole universe was made out of. Uh. And that was earth, water, air, and fire. Oh. And I remember a uh, apologist, famous apologist, who no longer is living, but I won't mention his name. Um, remember him, he, he did apologetics. That's just, that's just defending the gospel in Christ. And I remember him doing a talk saying that Jesus was, that's the four essential elements and the fifth one, which is called the quintessence, uh, Jesus was the quintessence, uh, which means it was the the fifth element, which I think Aristotle called ether. I think you talked about this in community group. I did a little bit, but I mentioned I blurted it out last in week. Podcast? I, yeah, I just kind of blurted it out. You're living in philosophy world. So right, no, I, I want to make keep a going. point, and then we're going to go back down. Uh, so he, so Aristotle created this thing called ether, which he says, you know, the stars. He not created made. what? A word called ether. A, ether. Et, yeah. He looked up and said, well, what's the stars got to do with the earth? That that's the four elements of what we see as creation. Okay. And it's so cool that, you know, it's almost what um, Paul did in Athens when he was at the Areopagus, where he said, this is the unknown God. Jesus is the quintessence. Jesus is the one thing, entity, person, element, power, force, that brings everything together through him. Do you know do you know how like when people are doing like live feeds, you can see how many people are watching? <laughs> I knew that's exactly. and you I did see, this intentionally podcast. And you can see how many people then like <laughs> like stop watching. I think we just dropped like 10 <laughs> listeners. Okay, so podcast listener, if you don't know me very well, I'm very self-deprecating. So I did that a little intentionally this morning. So I knew I could bring that out of Fred this morning, how boring that was. But I want that to put it everybody's back pocket to say this, what you talked about in Ephesians 2, bringing peace. Yeah, yeah. And everybody has their history, legacy, paradigm, backdrop of what peace means to them. It could mean a thousand things. Sure. But I think clearly what Paul was saying was that Christ was the unifying force power element to bring all of Christ, all, all of God's creation back to him. I just think it was wonderful. I had to bring it out. Sorry. Well, I, you know, when I started preaching through Ephesians, I thought it was going to be easy and it's not been easy, but it, but it's been far more wonderful than I, than I had thought. And, um, you know, it, it's in a text like that, talking about peace and how Jesus is peace and how Jesus made peace and all of this, um, you're just reminded you can't really even understand reality apart from the God of the Bible and the Lord Jesus. Um, you know, it just, you, you can, you can understand some of it. I'm looking for my notes, my sermon notes. Well, while you're looking, while you're yeah. looking. Um, so Rachel, w- one of her favorite set of scriptures is Colossian, yeah. Colossian 1. Nice. 15 through 20. 
Um, oh, yeah. But at the end of that, at verse 19, she's brought it out to me this morning. I said, okay, kids, Rach, what should I bring out on the podcast? Yeah. What, what, what hit y'all? Uh, but in verse 19 of chapter 1 of Colossians, it says, For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile, that would be Christ, and through him to reconcile himself, everything to himself, whether things on earth or things in heaven. That's why I brought out the whole four elements thing. Mm -hmm. Mm. By making peace, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. So I just think it's a, I think it's a good reminder, especially this time of the year. I think Tim, he's preaching Sunday. Is that what you said? And you said on Mm -hmm. peace, I think. Um, so I you think say- his first. Well, no, I said what I said oh. was is that peace is a theme. Oh, I got you. I think he'll. I think it he may be preaching on love. Okay, I'm not sure. So peace. Uh, if you hear the word peace, you may think of no hostility. That's probably a good thing. But I think scripturally, we right now we've been talking about this Jew and Gentile yeah. hostility in Ephesians. But I think God's even saying. If you are struggling with the flesh or you are struggling with what's in your mind, God came to bring unity with God, reconciling ourselves through him on the cross. So if and can I read the next verse? Yeah, man. Colossians 1.21 says, we're talking about alien and strangers in Ephesians a lot. Once you were alienated and hostile in your minds, expressed in your evil actions. And I don't want to get off Ephesians 2. I think it's saying the same thing because it further goes on to say this. That sometimes we want to blame our actions, but it's really just a symptom of our real problem. And that when God gave us the ability and opportunity to have peace, which means we can be reconciled with God, we do that first in our minds, which I think is first in the spirit. So what are we doing? This is I'm trying to make this kind of practical this morning. What are we doing and what could we do, Fred? Maybe I'm asking you a question mm-hmm. here. What can we do practically? I've got a couple. I'm not putting mm-hmm. you on the spot. Mm-hmm. What can we do? God has given us the huge gift, the opportunity to have reconciliation with him, which means contentment and gladness and love and patience. All these things that God has given us, he's given us this big gift and opportunity. But he has asked us in faith to act upon that. Mm-hmm. And it says in Colossians one twenty one that we do this in our minds. Usually our evil desires are only expressed out in our manifestations of what our mind is doing. What can we do to join Christ in this peace in getting our minds centered and reconciled to him? I'm sure you have a good answer. Well, you start by, I mean, a, a basic understanding of who he is and what he's done, and then um, entering into that by faith. And so, uh, you know, it's beautiful that, um, you know, at the end of the text, Paul, at the end of the text from Sunday, Paul talked about, uh, we are being built up as his holy temple. So one of the most wonderful things about all of Christianity is that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, comes to dwell inside of us. We literally become God's temple, our bodies, that's such a wondrous thought. And if we've grown up in Christianity, that thought gets really, really familiar. We kind of get numb to the wonder of it. But God lives in us. And so the peace, you know, the, the peace that's available um, must, must, I mean, it can, can merely be accessed by us 
pausing in focusing on Jesus, um, acknowledging his presence in our life uh, through prayer, faith-filled prayer. Um, you know, there's some moments that some you know, some moments in life are so heavy, so burdensome that we don't even have the right words, but we can still pause and in faith just orient our heart to the Lord and trust that the Spirit is interceding for us, that the that the sun is interceding for us. So, you know, I think like there's some sermons when you get done preaching them, you're like, man, I'm glad that's done. Move on to the next text. But I got done preaching Sunday sermon. And I'm like, gosh, I just want to preach that whole same sermon all over again. It was still just living in my heart. And really the particular, the particular practical application, you're, at, you're asking for practical application. The particular practical application of getting on our knees and praying to the Lord, um, he changes things. Jesus changes things. And when we speak to him, he brings his presence, he manifests his presence, and and he applies his power to our life in a really special way. And that's why I said in that, you know, I, I just spoke experientially. I said, I've, I've never got on my knees, or I've never, not even on my knees, I've never paused and prayed to Jesus where selfishness and resentment and anger, they, they, they cannot remain in my heart when I seek the Lord Jesus. So, um, so I think, like, I'm really hung up on that. I'm really, really hung up on that because, man, people are fed so many answers People are fed so many strategies, and I really didn't rehearse a lot of them Sunday. It would have it would have strengthened the sermon had I. I don't know. know I think re- I liked it. We talked about this. I like that you went straight through the scripture, brother. Yeah, well, that's there great. wasn't a lot of extra. Sure. It just went boom right right to the yeah, center of. Get, I think what he was saying. Through it, but yeah, yeah. But I just think you know, it's it's. I mean, it's really kind of the it's really kind of the burden of the the pray sermon series. You know, pray out loud at home every day. You know. And we continue to get feedback from that sermon. I mean, it's behind us. And people continue to say, God shaped me. God changed our family. God spoke in that. And I think it's because of that. Here's an example. Here's an example. Years ago, years ago, there was a little bitty book written by Bruce Wilkinson called The Prayer of Jabez. You remember that book? I do. And it was all the the, the rave of everybody. So the tiny little book and tiny little prayer and the book was an exposition of the prayer. And in the prayer of Jabez was this prayer, oh, that God may bless me indeed, that he might enlarge my coast. I don't even remember the rest of the prayer. <laughs> um, but it it was like people like discovered something brand new, you know. Um, and, and everybody began to like emphasize praying that God would bless us and that he would enlarge our territory and all of these things. Like I remember being in meetings where you like <laughs> – that's just crazy. But here's what hit me in that whole prayer of Jabez movement. Here's people thought it was the prayer of Jabez when it was just prayer. <laughs> like people thought that there was like something magical mm. about the prayer of Jabez. And if you pray this prayer, God's going to bless you and do all this new remarkable things in your life. But the prayer of Jabez was like a fresh call to prayer in general that I think catalyzed a lot of people to pray. 
that had previously been prayerless. And so I think it was just the power of prayer. And it's not that the power of prayer is the power of God. Like prayer is only powerful because it's God that we're talking to. And um, yeah, so man, Jonathan, I'm, I'm rambling. No, 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 but, you're not. But the simple, here, this would be amazing to me. This would be amazing if every real life husband took his wife by the hand, gathered his kids, got on his knees in his home, and just talked to Jesus. And if we did that simple discipline, that it would absolutely revolutionize the spiritual pulse of our church family. And I think... I think impact our community in powerful ways. So there's several things that hit me. One of this, one of the things on Sunday was this. What, what you just said, you didn't ramble. I didn't think you rambled. I, I, one of the things you said is society, our culture. This is not so unique to our society at this time and our culture at this time. I think you'd look at histories and all this as being the same. Is that there is no hope for you. And I don't, you've, you've been in church a long time and you, you've probably been on a path, what I call a trajectory. You've been on a path, maybe sometimes in your life was like, yeah, I don't know. This is just the best. I'm not talking about job choice or professional choice, or I'm talking about just not doing the right things. Maybe not even sinful in the sense of just straight out sin. It's just, I'm not putting myself where God needs me, the path where God is leading me. And you, but you keep doing it because well, you did it the day before, and it, it wasn't the worst thing ever. And you keep doing it, and you keep doing it. And before you know, you've got this long trajectory of you now feel like you can't get out of the corner of the room. Yeah. You're just stuck there. Well, it's like riding your bike around a trail and getting you know, in the mud and getting your bike in a groove, and eventually that mud dries, and it's no longer soft, and it's hard, but your, your bike tires are stuck in the groove. And so I think for any podcast listener— that says, ah, you know, that's good church talk. Uh, I'll I'll pray. I'll, I'll read my Bible. But it, it's not going to make any difference. Well, if you have that attitude, it may not. But I will tell you, and you just said it when you were talking, that God came to reconcile us unto him through what he did on the cross. Now, that's church talk, but that's a very important church talk. Is what you just said is there is hope that you can end your trajectory today. There is power what God is doing in and through you stopping and centering yourself on him. It starts with prayer. That's a great place to start. It starts with reading your word. But my point being is, I I would just hope that a podcast listener today that says, I'm listening to this. I I, I even heard the sermon on Ephesians 2. I've read it a few times. I I don't know. That just sounds like a lot of theology stuff to me. It is the most powerful words to say that when Christ came, and died on the cross, that all the hostility, not just hostile like anger between people, but all the hostility between us and God, all the opportunities for us to actually enjoy life and not feel like it's this great big burden that one day I'll get to die and be better. Today is the day of which God is calling you to say, I have brought peace. I have brought reconciliation. I have stopped the hostility. You can now tap into I have created you to do, and that was Amen. just to enjoy me. Yeah. And the work comes along in prayer and giving and going to church and doing all that stuff. But 
ultimately what he calls us to do is, listen, I have given you this big old gift. Mm-hmm. It is you just come and be my child. Yeah. I love the way, I love the way Paul words verse 14. He himself is our peace. It's it's it's, it's kind of like a an alarm going off, like kind of in your face, like he himself is our peace, you know? And um and I, like I think that that's like it, to me that's wonderful in that it's not it's not all that Jesus did. It's not all that Jesus gives us. It's not all that Jesus accomplished. It's Jesus. <laughs> it's him. He is our peace. And this, um, here's, this is kind of funny, and it's an illustration that came to me when you were talking. And so in, in ACT Athletics, where we will meet now for worship, a couple of people told us after that first Sunday or that second Sunday that it smelled like feet. Did you tell us that? You told me that. Did I tell you that? Uh-huh. So, so we... So we looked into getting like a, a giant diffuser, like kind of like the hotel type diffusers. And Sunday was the first Sunday that we used it. We didn't turn it on early enough to really to really know. Like I think we turned it on like an hour beforehand. Um. Anyways, this Sunday we're gonna turn it on like five a.m. and just and just see. The room is so gigantic. It's it's not gonna make a dent. But what it, but as you were talking, it made me think of like the diffuser in my home. Like right when you walk in my home, there's like a little diffuser there, and. Most of the time, it's not on. But when it is, when I walk in, I'm immediately taken by the aroma in a wonderful way. As Susan puts wonderful aromas in there. And it just made me think, like, like in our homes, there's a, there's a presence. There's a culture, right? There's a tone. There's a temperature. There's, there's an aroma. And I think to the degree that we talk to Jesus— in our home will be the degree that we experience peace in our home. And I don't mean the absence of conflict. I, I, I mean the Holy Spirit empowered harmony. Um, and uh, that fires me up to think about that. Like to think about it in that way, to think about it, the more we talk to Jesus in our home, the more we're letting out that diffuser, you know? And um, it, like, it just makes me want to go home and pray more with my kids, you know? Like, let's just, Let's just let's just keep talking to the Lord. Like let's do it more, you know. And well, to double down on what this conversation's about, you know, in community community group, our community group, um, I've been harping on being versus doing, mm-hmm. and and I think this scripture and what you meant it hit me when you're talking about Paisano community group, what Matt and Grace did in, le- in leading their group to do the prayer experience and the commitment that they were called to is that if we stop, you said it, you didn't say Shabbat, you said pause twice, I was going to throw the word Shabbat, but if we stop for a second and stop the trajectory of which we think is a hopeless one and we realize there's power in what God can do yeah. to stop us from what we're doing where we don't need to be, yeah. and you experience that power, yeah. that's what God's calling us to do. Yeah. And when we do that, which was, I don't know if you came up with a statement, but I, we got to talk about it. Um, it ain't the building. It's what the builder's building inside the building. Uh, and you can say it better than I Pretty can. Pretty good, I, I try to remember that. But this is what the, the end of Ephesians 2 is talking about. If you stop and understand the peace that God has brought to your heart, no longer are you controlled by the things that God doesn't desire, the things that will hurt you eventually, called flesh, but 
those things that will destroy you. If you stop that trajectory, know that what God has given you is peaceful. He's reconciled us that we can be with God now. And if we are abiding with God, that's praying in your homes, that's reading God's Word, that's trying to drop blessing wherever you go, then that is how he will build his church, brick by spiritual brick, by spiritual body, by spiritual member, by the commitment that we show. And before before you know it, he will have built his church because— Go ahead and say it. Ain't the building. You want to hear the statement? Please. The building ain't the building. Go ahead. (laughs) You got me in suspense. The building ain't the building. The building's just the house of bricks where the builder builds his building. That's right. So we've been in church a lot. But for someone that hasn't maybe been in a church, a listener hasn't been in a church, this is so foundational to understand. Sure. That the buildings that we see, and man, I, I've been I've been in Italy, and there's some beautiful temple. I've been to St. Peter's, and there's some in this town that are absolutely, absolutely gorgeous. It was downtown last night, adoring. And the, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, no, it, it's actually something. I mean, I I think that there's a theology of architecture that that we can appreciate. Yes, for sure. But ultimately, God looks right through that invisible building to this people. Yeah, and how they are coming together. Yeah, not in hostility. Yeah, but under what he has given them, yeah, and just a relationship with him alone, and then right. together they come together, and that's what God's building. Yeah, and that's what he's building out there on Sango Road. He's building a building, and eventually we will put bricks and mortars to that building. Yeah, but the building is us. That's so right. Just a foundational thing is yeah. that the people of God that are committed to this little local group yeah. is the building that God's going to dwell in. I love it, man. I'm so glad God's given us these little phrases to shape our heart along the journey. You know, like, yes, yes, we are the building. This is good. Anyway, I got others, but we'll, we'll move on. I, I really, really enjoyed it. We, we we started this family Sunday brunch. We're going to early service right after church. We nice, cook man. and we sit down. And so the kids get to talk about it. And uh, So good. It, it was really enjoyable to hear the, how, how their take on it. You fired me up telling me your kids were engaged with the sermon. Oh, yeah. I mean, they often are, but yeah, that was what you led sometimes with. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So it was, uh, it was, it's a good call. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed Ephesians into Ephesians 2. Uh, look forward to, I guess we're doing an Advent series now. Yeah. You want to come back and talk about it? Uh, we can. Let's 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 take a break and let's talk about it. We want to know more about you at Real Life. We want to hear your story at Real Life. We want to discover what makes you passionate at Real Life. We want to do that at The Path. The Path is a two-week experience for you to sink your teeth into our DNA, for you to get connected and dig a little deeper at Real Life. And it's our opportunity to learn more about you. Sign up for The Path today by texting MISSION to 97000. That's MISSION to 97000. Sign up today. Hey, we're back. I'm so ready for Thanksgiving. Oh, I love Thanksgiving, but before you know it, it's going to be over in two days. But what we have time to celebrate. celebrate. (laughs) Are you a cup half full or cup half empty person, JV? It's on the moment. Uh, But we've got. Jonathan, why don't you just fast forward to January 2nd? Well, you know, it's a joke around our house. We have like multiple birthdays in October and Halloween. There's Thanksgiving, there's Christmas, and there's New Year's, and then Nella's birthday is on January 23rd. So when October 1st, it might as well be February. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like this morning, the podcast, like you and I are like, we're feeling all these amazing things. 
but we're struggling to say them. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving week. <laughs> I've told oh. everybody this is my favorite week. I, I love cooking it. So I've I cooked so many things last night. Two sets of spice nuts thingies. Really? I made Look some spreads. And, oh, it was you. just so fun. Uh, but we ended the last segment talking about the Advent uh, series. Uh, you did this, I think you do this every year. Or no, I think you did it last yeah, year. Well, we always have some sort of Advent celebration. Advent means arrival. It means coming. It, it reflects upon how the people of Israel were awaiting their Messiah and how now we, the church, are awaiting the Messiah's return. And so um, Advent is a great way to slow down yes. and um, to take a little to take a little bit of the kitschiness out of Christmas and um, out of the Christmas celebration of it all, you know, and to dig a little deeper, you know, in our hearts and meditate a little deeper. So Advent's a great time to meditate upon the great truths, um, the themes of Scripture. So Pastor Tim's going to kick us off this coming Sunday both with like an Advent sermon and we'll light the first candle of Advent as well. I think Paul Boney and his family are going to give a reading and light the candle. And, and every Sunday through the Advent season, there'll be a different family or individual giving the reading and lighting the candles. So, cool. Yeah. Don't miss out. I know it's the busy time of the year. Yeah, but which, we, it, well, I'm so fired up. We've got some really exciting things coming this, like the Christmas season. So you heard it here first folks on the podcast. So, senior adults are going to be doing a, the their first ever like Christmas function. So, um, watch for details coming this week about their Christmas function. We're going to do a church wide caroling event, Jonathan. Okay, I'm so fired up. You better let your kids come to this. It'll be after your bedtime. Is it, is it dark time? It'll be at dark. Yep, in Shay's way. It's going to be great. Ooh, we get some hot chocolate out in front of the office. We'll walk across the street, and we'll go every other house. We're going to carol. It's going to be so You're good. You'll have to hype it up better than that for me to yeah, well, well, listen, listen. I'm just going to pray for you, you know? <laughs> and if you want to let your wife and kids come and you stay at home, bah humbug, can then I, go for it. Can I wear it. my jammies so I can just, like, get straight to bed a little bit? Would you wear your... <laughs> Peppermint stripes. We have Christmas jammies. Oh, yeah, yeah we do. We have I know. I've seen your pictures, I guess. Peppermint stripes. Christmas Anyways, uh, I'm I'm so fired up about that. That's going to be really good. The students, real-life students, are having their Christmas party. Our Christmas services, um, we'll have two on Christmas Eve, at one at 3, one at 4, 15. Set for those that haven't looked at the calendar. Christmas, it's the, it's the year that Christmas is on Sunday. That's right. So Christmas Eve is Saturday. Correct. So we'll have a really special... Um, candlelight Christmas service, three fifteen or three o'clock and four fifteen. Three o'clock, four fifteen. Um, Saturday at our usual Eve. place. The city forum will be open, so as you walk through to get to church, you're going to be walking through. Like putt putt will be going, and the go karts will be going. You know, so just and come on through and smile at people when you do that. Yes, that's and right. Then that's right. Christmas Day. We are having a service. Yes. Well, of course. I know. I just yes, want to make Christmas sure. Day. And we're having that at? At 11 a.m. 11 a.m. Yep. yep. So plenty of time for you to yeah. get up and do your family jam and yep. you know do all the stuff and then do the thing, you the know, thing. worship Jesus Christ. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm so, so excited. Um, come to both. It's going to be great. It's, it's kind of spread out perfectly enough for everybody to come to both, you know, and um, everybody's got their own kind of rhythms. So hopefully there's plenty of options with all of your comings and goings for you to 
gather with the church to worship Jesus this well, Christmas. Well, coming in January when all this is over, uh, I, I thought you'd jump on that too. You will have appreciated <laughs> in this busy season that we are in the midst of, that if you commit and enjoy those things that Fred, maybe except for me with that, out late at night on Shay's Way. Whatever. The Caroline's uh, going to be. But if you commit to every Sunday, so every Sunday, and in both and on Christmas Eve or Christmas, you will find in January that this Christmas season will be one of the most, I think, one of the best ones you have ever had. Yeah. I, agree. I, I really mean that. No, I agree. Jonathan, when's the last time you went caroling? Uh, the last time I went caroling was Cookie Prime was about to die with cancer. Wow. And we went with. Rachel's family yes. to go carol outside of her house. And how was that? It was. Uh, it was. I was. I'm sure it was fine. That was a long you don't time remember ago. It. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. You, you probably see me out there caroling. Yeah. Is this going to be like three o'clock? It'll be dark. <laughs> oh my gosh. It'll be seven o'clock. What are you people, and you're staying out in dark time. I don't Whatever. Even, I don't understand. Hey, podcast listener, if you don't like the dark and staying out in it, I understand you. But sometimes it's worth it. This Sunday was worth it. We'll see about the caroling. Well, I, I prefer to be out in the day. <laughs> But you can't carol in the middle of the day. Oh, you can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fred, what else we got? A lot going on. Uh, look forward uh, to this Advent se- uh, ser- season and series. Um, and I'm glad the podcast listener, hopefully they hung on long enough, even through some of my little earth, wind, f- air, and fire aren't things. Aren't you glad we're not quarantined right now? Yeah. Aren't, years, aren't, you, aren't you glad, like, aren't you glad our city's not shut down yes. saying... Don't get out. Don't go anywhere. Wear a mask. Socially distance. Right. I just want to like praise God. Yeah. Yeah. I was coming out of COVID two years ago. Thanksgiving was a was awful. Yeah. So I was. We got a doggone dog in our house yeah. right now because Thanksgiving was canceled two years ago. Should have named him Bluey. His name's Shotgun. I know. Should have named him Bluey. We're though. still praying about whether or not we're going to keep him. All right, Fred. Appreciate the time this morning. I oh. really do enjoy it. Um, I Such hope that it was. The Glean. I hope gleaned something from the podcast today. But in the meantime, this week, keep it real. JV, <laughs> what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? <laughs> I thought we were. I just, what's your I favorite was Thanksgiving food? Uh, Thanksgiving. My favorite Thanksgiving food because mm. uh, you want to start this up? We'll start it again. WNKJ on Monday mornings, they have a pastor that leads the morning front, front morning porch. Front porch. Front porch. Yep. Shake it off. And he says, what food would you have to have to make it Thanksgiving? Oh. Not just any food that you'd like to eat. Yeah. But what food makes Thanksgiving for you? And it's one simple thing. Homemade cranberry sauce I make every year. Okay. Daniel Cox is giving you a thumbs up. For me, it, for me, it's a mashup. It's the cranberry sauce with the, the, the dressing and gravy on top. Yeah. That's it. It's that, it's that mashup. But on Thursday, when you're eating the mashup, keep it real. Keep it Jesus. Thank you for listening. We trust that God is stirring something special in your heart today. We hope to see you on Sunday very soon. Keep it real. Keep it Jesus.